1: going to say a name and when I say it, I want you to say the next thing that comes to your mind. Are you ready? David and... what came to your mind? I would say one of two things, either David and Goliath or David and Bathsheba. It's interesting, isn't it, that people are remembered for their greatest successes and their greatest failures. Now, the last time we studied, we journeyed through 1 Samuel. And in 1 Samuel, of course... Chapter 17, you have the story of David and Goliath. That is his great success, at least early on in life, the one he's most famous for. But when you journey now into the second book of Samuel, you come to David's greatest failure, to the story of David and Bathsheba. May I say to you that life is full of both victories and defeats, both triumphs and tragedies. And learning how to approach both is so very important. When you come to 2 Samuel, you come to what the old radio commentator Paul Harvey used to call the rest of the story. You see, 1 Samuel ends with the death of Saul, and 2 Samuel begins with David mourning over the death of Saul. 1 Samuel concentrates primarily on the first king. It gives us a detailed story about King Saul. 2 Samuel now details the second king, the man after God's own heart, known as David, his entire reign. Uh, just as first Samuel, we believe, of course, that Samuel himself is used by God, record much of this. But also perhaps other men, men like Nathan and Gad may have contributed to it. One thing we do know, whoever the human penman was, the Holy Spirit is the divine author. And God has a message for us in this particular book of the Bible. Now, it covers a 40 year period, the 40 year reign of David. And uh, that's a a fascinating section. May I read one verse to you? The Bible says in 2 Samuel chapter five and verse number 12, and David perceived that the Lord had established him king over Israel and that he had exalted his kingdom for his people Israel's sake. Oh, there's a lot of truth in that one verse. The Bible says David perceived, may God give us spiritual perception today. Pray for discernment, to see as God sees, to think as God thinks. The Bible says David perceived that the Lord had established him king over Israel. Now remember, God putteth down one, sets up another. The king's heart is in the hand of the Lord. He turneth it whithersoever he will. It doesn't matter if Saul's on the throne or David's on the throne or any other person is on the throne. It doesn't matter who the president is or who the prime minister is. There is a king who rules in the affairs of men. He rules the good and he overrules the evil. David was a spiritual enough man to understand he didn't get there on his own. Promotion came from God. God established him king. And then the Bible says, and that he had exalted his kingdom for his people Israel's sake. I love that. We see some of the humility of David that contrasts with King Saul. You see, David realized it wasn't just about him. And friend, it's not about me and it's not about you. God is up to something in this world. The Lord's work is bigger than any one of us. Aren't you glad you just get to be a part of it today? But what do we learn from the life and the reign of King David? Well, we learn something, of course, about dealing with victories and defeats. As a matter of fact, you could divide the entire book by victories and defeats. In chapters 1 through 10, we see David's great victories. It begins with a political victory. There's a civil war. God gives David the victory there. And then there are spiritual victories. The ark is recovered. What a wonderful thing. The presence of God is brought back. In chapter 7, there's a revelation of God's covenant with David. A covenant, by the way, that God is yet going to fulfill perfectly. And he makes definite promises to David. It's interesting, David wanted to build a house for God, but instead God said, I'm going to build a house for you. You see, God's ways are higher than our ways. His thoughts are higher than our thoughts. And the Davidic covenant is one of the great covenants of the Bible and a reminder that God is not through with Israel and that God is going to always fulfill what He foretells. And then He gives military victories. He defeats all of His enemies. And that's really where chapter 10 ends. He's, he's basking in the glow of his victories. And at that moment, we must take the words of 1 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 12, Let him that thinketh he standeth take heed, lest he fall. It is almost always after great victories that great defeat comes. When you pick up the story in 2 Samuel chapter 11, through the rest of the book, through chapter 24, you have the story of David's defeat. It's interesting, but his defeat is not outward, it is inward. Isn't that where the great battle lies for all of us? You see, Bathsheba was the one battle that David did not have a battle plan for. When he went out to face Goliath, he had a plan. He was trusting the Lord. When he faced the Philistines, he had a battle plan. He was quite a military strategist led by God. But When he faced temptation at that moment, there was no plan. Oh, my friend, be ready for the temptation. Be ready for the struggle. Be ready for the battle. Sometimes the greatest battle comes right after a victory. And, of course, we know David's great defeat. He sinned against the Lord. He committed adultery. Then he committed murder. He lied. And God sent a preacher by the name of Nathan to deliver this message, Thou art the man. We know that there was a fourfold consequence that came into David's life. We know that there are consequences for sin. But in the middle of it all, praise God, we have the record David found fellowship with God again. He confessed his sin to the Lord. If you want to read his actual prayer, read Psalm 51. It's his great psalm of repentance. It's powerful. And then after you read Psalm 51, go back and read 2 Samuel 22. It's his psalm of praise. Once you confess your sin, then you can give God the glory because God does forgive and God does cleanse. 1 John 1.9 says, If we confess our sins... He is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Now this is not just David's story, it's our story. It's a story of triumph and trouble in the life of a believer. How do you deal with victories and how do you deal with defeats? Well, let's look at the root of each. You see, victory comes when you live by faith. This is the victory that overcomes the world, even our faith. And defeat comes when you live in the flesh. Think of this. Think of the contrast in David between on one hand a man after God's own heart and on the other hand a man with a broken heart. Which one do you want to be today? Do you want to be the man after God's own heart or do you want to be the person living with a broken heart? Then you must choose today if you're going to live by faith and obedience to God and keeping your eyes on the Lord or if you're going to get your eyes on the temptations around you and respond according. To the flesh, I'm telling you, my friend, triumph can turn to trouble in one moment of time. Victory can turn to defeat in a second. Why? Because in a moment with one decision, we can cease living by faith. That's why the Apostle Paul wrote in Romans chapter 13, verse 14, But put ye on the Lord Jesus Christ, and make not provision for the flesh to fulfill the lust thereof. You know, more said of David than any other character in the Bible outside the Lord Jesus. And really, that's what the book of 2 Samuel is about. It is the story of David's life. But it's not just the story of a person. It's the story of a principle. This is not just for us to know David. It is for us to know God. It is for us to say to God, I want to continue to be the man after your own heart. And even when I do fail you, and even when I am defeated, I want to be back in fellowship with you as quickly as possible so that today... I can walk in the victory that you desire for me to walk in. Oh, my friend, may God help us all today to keep our eyes on Jesus, to be true and faithful to Him, and to live in victory and not defeat.
0: Friend, did you know that the purpose of the Bible is not to know the Bible, the facts, the people, the places, but instead the purpose of the Bible is to know God, Do you know Him? Do you know that God has already done everything necessary for you to know Him? Jesus Christ, God's Son, died on the cross and rose again from the dead to pay for your sin debt. It is our prayer that you will trust Jesus today. If you'd like additional help in your Christian life, be sure to visit our website, scottpauley.org. Among the many resources we have available, we're excited to make available to you a Journey Through Scripture daily Bible reading plan. This will be a tremendous help in our current study. Until next time, may God help you to enjoy the journey.